Hello, you're through to the Beef and Dairy Network answer phone. We're sorry we can't take your call at the moment. Please leave your name and number, and we will call you back as soon as possible. Leave a message after the beef. Hi, Melanie Hankatch here from Hankatch PR. Um, we're still trying our best uh, here at Hankatch PR to come up with strategies to get you some more money into the podcast. Uh, I've actually managed to get you some very lucrative adverts for this month's episode. Um, so yeah, but you, you are n- not going to like it. This advertisement is brought to you in association with the Pig Milk Marketing Board. Have you had enough of boring old cow's milk? Then why not try pig milk? Salty, granular, gimme, caustic, claggy, porky. Start the day with a splash of ice-cold pig milk and chug deeply from a gallon container of pig milk as you trudge to the office. Choke back a long glass of slightly over-room temperature pig milk after a long day at work. Eight hours at the desk making money so you can buy more pig milk. And of course, when the weekend rolls around, you can take a pint of boiled pig milk, add a scoop of apricot pig yogurt, drop in a shot of medical ethanol, and you've got a classic boiled pig milk Tropicano cocktail. Remember, it's always pig milk o'clock somewhere. Pig milk is healthy, mostly parasite-free, and because it isn't from a cow, pig milk is fully vegan. So what's stopping you? Pigs are amongst the most intelligent creatures in the animal kingdom. So why not follow their lead and order some pig milk today? Hello and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine, brought to you by, and I can't believe I have to say this, pig milk. Pig milk. The Pig Milk Marketing Board have sent me uh, several hundred gallons of full-fat pig milk, and as part of a contractual obligation, I do have to drink some of it and uh, read the following bit of script. So, um, apologies for this. Uh, Here goes. Pig milk going in. Mm. Mm. Oh. Ah. Give your insides a treat with slightly above room temperature pig milk. Mm. Mm. Ah. Do things the Danish way. Largely parasite-free. Mm. Mm. Oh, enjoy pig milk today. Oh, God. Oh, have you tried the... Oh. My guts are spasming already. <clears throat> right. In this month's episode, we revisit someone that we met way back in episode 47, Yvonne Sampson. When we spoke to her then, her son Talbot was only six months old, but due to the huge amount of cow's milk she was feeding him, he had already grown to over nine feet tall. Nobody wants to have a small baby. Nobody wants to have a medium baby. Nobody really wants a large baby. You want an extra large baby. That's how it's always been in my family. He was so large, a medical mega baby, and increasingly violent, that she had to let him go, and he was living wild in the Yorkshire countryside. He'd grown too big for me. I couldn't control him. I couldn't give him what he needed. He needs to be free. He needs to find his own milk now. We also spoke about Talbot's father, the professional dance champion Kenny Baritone, who is known for his legendary womanising and his method of playing darts without using his hands, blowing the darts at the board. He's got powerful cheeks. Talbot was the result of a one-off sex session with Kenny, and he was, at the time, unaware of Talbot's existence. Yvonne had tried to tell Kenny about him. But unfortunately, his wife keeps me at bay. However, Yvonne was hopeful that in the future, things could be different. She's 97 now, so she's not got long left. And, you know, I'm hoping when she passes, I'll be next in line for the throne. Yvonne came to talk to me earlier this month, and much has changed. 
Yvonne, uh, thank you for coming. It's so nice to see you again. And so much has changed between when you were here last time uh, talking about Talbot and today. The big change being that you're no longer Yvonne Sampson. You are... Yvonne Baritone. Yvonne Baritone, married to, and he's with us here today, Kenny Baritone. Pleasure to be here. Kenny Baritone, darts maverick. Do you want me to sign out? Yvonne had brought her new husband, Kenny Baritone. Now, you're married together, you and uh, Yvonne. Um, tell us about how that happened, because this might be a bit of a, a sad thing for you to talk about, Kenny. I'm, I'm aware of that. Your your wife was how old when she died? Oh, she'd uh, just cleared level 98. We were so close to 99, and I said, I said, baby, if you ever get to 99, I'm going to put a flake in you. You know, and that's just a sort of sort of humour that we had, but uh, it wasn't to be. Um, so at that sort of age, you say that she was 98. Obviously, it's a, a great tragedy, but a life well lived. And I assume oh, I... dying of natural causes at that kind of advanced age. Well, not quite, no. She um, actually died in childbirth. Number 21. A lovely Tommy. Lovely Tommy boy. So it was, hang on, it was her 21st child with you? Well, no, I have many. I have 21 children. This was just her seventh. Well, when we met, she was in her mid-80s, so we, we've only managed to have the six children. Um, and the last one just did, just did for her. What, what did medical professionals make of the fact that a 98-year-old woman was was pregnant? They wouldn't see us. They wouldn't even uh, wouldn't take us into A&E. It was wagging fingers all around. They would refuse to, to, to let you into the hospital because they felt that what you were doing was so unethical in, in a way. In a they said it shouldn't happen. Said it was, they used the word, they banded around the word unholy. And they wouldn't let you... So where was the... Where did the childbirth take place if you weren't allowed into... Bradford you, Interchange. Bus station. Bradford City Centre. Best bus station in the bloody county. Right next to Kikuti Kiosk. Got some passport photos done. Uh, what? At what stage were the passport photos taken? Pre the birth or after the... We got all of it. We got beginning, middle and end. So hang on. She, she gave birth and then subsequently sadly passed away inside the passport photo kiosk. That's the case. All right, son. Let's close the photo booth for a couple of hours while me, you know, hosed it all out. But you can go there now. Ah, oh, you can have your pictures taken for uh, passports, school photos, three bus pass. Does it all? You can even have a picture of yourself that can put little cat's, little cat's face over it, so... Great way to spend four pound on a Saturday night. I assume that that kiosk was taken on a kind of um, spiritual meaning for you now. Is it somewhere that you return to to remember the former Mrs. Barton? I'm in Bradford every week anyway for meet up with lads, and but I haven't been able to go back into the booth myself, to be honest with you. Well, if I could just chip in there, yes, I. Uh... I think you're forgetting one very important day, actually. That's where we had our wedding, and that's where we got the wedding pictures done in that booth with the cat faces. And actually, Kenny, you forgetting that's really quite upsetting. It's tough. It, obviously, that was the second best day of my life. I've had a lot of good days, you know, regional championships. And just to get married to you, the woman I love, in that photo booth... If, and it felt like I respected my last wife. Felt like I knew she was there with us. Did you feel that, Yvonne, when you were getting married inside the photo booth, did you feel like the the, the spectre of, of the former Mrs. Baritone was in there? Well, not just the spectre. It hadn't been cleaned properly. She was literally in there with us. Yeah, they're not done a further job, has they? Took a little bit of her home with us. But he's over her. Oh, big time. Got to move on. Well, tell me about that. So, Yvonne, when you heard that, that Mrs. Baritone had, had died, mm. now, obviously, I, I don't want to uh, suggest that you were delighted by the death of another person, but it certainly opened up a little avenue for you to um, to, to to bag Kenny. It's a tragedy. You know, you can't say it's not a tragedy because it is in a way, isn't it? It's sad when anybody dies. But uh, I was respectful. I think I waited eight or nine minutes before I tried to contact him. And um, and did he pick up? 
no, we didn't. He didn't, not not then. Uh, he informs me he was busy. He was busy with the cleaning staff. He was still getting the photos printed. He, no, he didn't pick up straight away. I didn't actually see him until the funeral itself. Right. The cleaning staff, by the way, Kenny, you're now very close friends with them, I believe. Oh, aye. Uh, they came to, the only ones who've been to both the funeral and to my new wedding were very close. Um, too close. They took away, I'm trying, still trying to get the carrier bag back off them, to be honest with you, because uh, we do want to put it to rest. But uh, they've said that they want to hang around with a, a celebrity, so I'm going down pub with them. And I, there's an extortionate element to it, but I have gained some new friends. They've kidnapped her body? Well, they're just keeping hold of it until after it posed for a few photographs, had a pint with them down the social. They're all right, I understand it. This is what it's like being a face in West Yorkshire. Yes, so one of the cleaning staff's actually a very young, very pretty woman, isn't she, Kenny, called Sally Pottington. My roaming days are behind me, baby. And were you all the way? Um, but I understand he does have a loyalty to, to, to Sally because she's actually um, still working a job whilst being pregnant. Right, and uh, does Kenny have anything to do with that pregnancy? You can't expect a wolf not to sliver. It's what he does. You knew that when you were getting into it. Yeah, and Kenny has informed me that the conception did actually happen before we got married. So she has been pregnant for just over a year. There's a lot of rumours flying around about this, to be honest with you, but there's no way that I could be that baby's daddy. I was on the other side of the room. There's no way I could see that child. The child's... uh... I've, I've, doing research before this interview, I saw one of those 4D scans on her Facebook page of the baby. Um, it looks it just like, it's a spitting image of Kenny Baritone. Did it have strong cheeks? Massive, huge. I thought they were arms to begin with. Oh, Kenny. A smiler. Hello, my name is Peter Troutman. I'm a farmer based in Todmorden. Peter Troutman's family have farmed dairy cows on their land since the 1700s. One night earlier this year, like many farms in the area, the Troutman farm was visited at night by Talbot the Mega Baby, who sucked the milk out of all his cows. Worried that the baby would return, Peter knew that he had to do something about it. The next day, the plan is hatched. I can't have this bab sucking me cows dry. My brother, he went to Afghanistan. When he came back, wasn't the same guy, but he had all the gear. So I borrowed quite a lot of that, wrapped myself in blankets, doing a stakeout. I'm staring out. I have a small ex-Soviet rifle, a few grenades, and one untested ground-to-air missile that my brother brought back from Kabul. Was it legal to do so? Absolutely not. And I start to feel a familiar unease. Something is disturbing the milk in my gut, And across the horizon, I see a baby. A baby whose size, stature and level of confidence does not fit in with my understanding of the world. I need to down this guy. This baby must be felled. I unleashed hell. Even though I was shooting at this giant baby in front of me I look back on this moment and see see a guy who's trying to shoot at himself trapped on a dairy farm handed down from patriarch to patriarch for centuries 300 years of dust funneled into my mouth and heart I have no choices I have no identity you're just a babby milker just like your dar and his great dar before him you got no dreams. you got nothing stretching out before you. Oh, your brother, he escaped. Lived his dreams of killing shepherds. Look at him now. Strong. Agile. Rage issues. But here I am. Just another babby milker. Who finally turned the gun on himself. Although, to be clear, just in case that's not clear, I... I was actually shooting at a real baby. There was there, So there was genuinely a baby that came and I was shooting at that. I wasn't hurting myself. So what I'm saying is that 
I've just been on the farm and I'm just sad. And, I, you know, if I can just explain, in the moment I felt a lot of catharsis because it allowed me to deal with the fact that I've never managed to really self-actualize myself because I'm part of this patriarchal lineage of dairy farmers. And I never got to make a choice for myself. You know, even my brother, all the trauma that he got from his actions, and by the way, I want to say I marched against those actions and I don't encourage them in any way, but I do understand that someone going out and making identity for themselves based on their own behavior and not just things handed by belief systems that they have received and never critically thought about. I've had no access to lives, experiences and ideas beyond my small community. And I love Toddy to bits, but it is ideologically barren. And that's maybe what I was shooting at. But also, again, really I was shooting at a a baby. It works on two layers. Feel free to just grasp one. This is a rich enough tapestry that you can experience, but a mere slither and still come away with a full tum. I unloaded over 20 rounds of contraband Soviet machine gun ammunition. The baby, if anything, looked healthier, pinker, tickled. To the baby, it was just a game. Moving with preternatural grace and strength, it erupted into a canter and then a full gallop back into the forest. A small plume of blackbirds and five bats came out of the woods and after their skittering and chittering, silence, calm, peace in the countryside. But my mind was a tempest In my mind was a fire. For once, I had purpose. I had knowledge. I had self-determination. I am a grown man. I'm not a giant baby. Peter's midnight giant baby firestorm brought him the realisation he needed. It was time for him to forge his own path and live his own life. Now I milk pigs and I've never been happier. We are a 100% pig milk dairy now and I've never been happier. We are hemorrhaging money. And if you're interested in the pig milk that the Todmorden Herald has described as the gamiest milk in Yorkshire, you can just hit me up on my email address. If it doesn't get to you within two days, I will send more to you with a signed apology note. Just hit me up at peter underscore troutman at yahoo.co.uk. And remember, if it's not pig milk, I will send pig milk to you with a signed apology note stating that it will never happen again. So, Yvonne, the first time you you saw Kenny uh, after his wife sadly passed away was at her funeral. Yes. Quite a bold move to go to the funeral in, in some ways because it, you weren't necessarily the best of friends with his former wife. No, no, uh, I wouldn't say so. But I did feel like it was a mark of respect to turn up. Uh, it was a loss to the community. Um, when anyone reaches that age, it's it's it, you know, quite miraculous, really. Um so I thought it was the right thing to do to go. And I had just purchased um, a particularly nice uh, PVC bikini. So I thought it was the perfect outing for it. Quite a, a respectful sort of outfit. Well, it, bits of it were black. Um, so you couldn't really argue that it was inappropriate. Uh, and it was quite a hot day. It was very warm in that church, actually. So I was the only one not sweating. You weren't sweating despite the fact that it's made of PVC? No, I've got a medical condition, which means I can't sweat. I do not sweat. Let me tell you, yeah, it's bone dry. Whereas I'm, you know, every garden's going at full pelt. Lovely dry Yvonne. So Yvonne arrives at the uh, at the funeral wearing her PVC bikini. I imagine some eyebrows were raised, Kenny, not least your own. Well, the thing to say, the only thing I'll say about it, to be honest with you, is that well, grief is a process, and that PVC bikini really did help make it as short as possible. So uh, by the afternoon, we were ready, you know, to get out and uh, get to Legoland. You, you you went to Legoland together? Me, Yvonne, little Tommy. Great times. And your 20 other children. And my 20 other children, yes. Of course, they had to come. And Sally Pottington. Because I look after them. And her four children. Which, there's some, you know... People spend nasty lies, but I'm going to look after them all. Why are you paying 
I believe you are you're paying for the sort of upkeep of Sally Postington's children. She's a good girl. One of them's a cyclops. Does a cyclops child need more support than a... He's getting bullied somewhat chronic by me, but I feel so guilty about it. So I thought we'd all go to Legoland. So let me just establish the timeline here. In the morning is the funeral. By the afternoon, you've made it all the way from East Yorkshire to Windsor to go to Legoland. You've taken your 21 children with you. You've taken Sally Pottington and her four children. And would you describe this as a date? Well, it's the best day of my life, is how, is how I'll describe it. It should be pointed out that the funeral was at 5am, so we could still make, you know, the, the queue, because the queues get massive, don't they, in the Windsor one. So we was on the road by six. Yeah, well, we were on the M6 down Birmingham by noon, and we were in Legoland just before closing. Bit of an odd day. So you arrive at Legoland shortly before it closes. You, you pay to go in. Uh, at no small cost, given the number of people that that are go- that are going through those gates. Oh, I was, you know, all said and done. It was the best part of five grand, but it's a special day. My old family and my new one together at Legoland. There feels like there's a kind of missing step here. So you've got the funeral at five a.m. You then get in your car and decide to drive to Legoland with your children and Yvonne, who is. You're sort of describing as if she's already your new girlfriend. At what stage did you, did you decide that Yvonne was your was your partner? It was at service station on the M6, just outside Birmingham. And uh, it was on the M6 toll where we really cemented it. Kenny was driving, but we still managed it. We sent the rest of them on the non-toll version, so they went the slow way, giving us some time to... Consummate the new relationship. Best £4.65 I've ever spent. So you took the faster toll road in your car. Sally Pottington takes the, what, 25 children? Yeah, she's got one of them, um, you know the lorries, what, transport cattle and, and and pigs and stuff to the slaughterhouse? She's got one of them for family. Right. So, yeah, they went on the slow road. We went on, on the toll. And um, By the time we got there, the time we came off the toll, we were going steady. It was amazing. I'd describe it as blissful. It felt blissful. We were riding in the car, getting on with love, really. Lorries and cars were beeping around us. It was a celebration. That's what it felt like. Considering how we started the day at 5am, I couldn't believe where we ended up at 1.32pm. It was very romantic. I I had a leg out of each window. I'd gone all the way up to fifth gear. If you know what I mean, not to be crude about it. The only problem was my attire, because uh, as you know, I am bone dry. So the PVC bikini was a real tricky thing to get off, actually. It kind of stuck to me, hadn't it? You hadn't talked before you put it on? No, I hadn't talked. Because um, I'm so dry naturally, I don't usually need to talk. I usually need to just pop a little bit of cooking oil on before I usually put my jeans on or anything. So, I, no, I hadn't talked. And on the motorway with with his big fingers trying to get trying to get that PVC bikini off and drive and pay the toll booth, it was a it was a hell of a feat. But do you know what? He he pulled it off. Uh, there was a there was a moment where, in the heat of it, in the desperation of it, he was clawing at me, and he ended up ripping it open with a, with a very sharp dart that he kept in his back pocket, and it did the trick. And just forty five minutes later, lovemaking was complete. Wow. So he was hacking away at your PVC bikini with a dart for 45 minutes? Or? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. He was only doing that for, I would say, up to 45 seconds to get into it. Um, and then, well, not to put too fine of a point on it, but we was rutting all the way down the motorway, 45 minutes until climax for him. I didn't manage it on that occasion because I was absolutely terrified of the way he was driving. I made love like a play dart. Without me hands. And with very, very strong cheeks. This advertisement is brought to you in association with the Pig Milk Marketing Board. Now introducing boiled pig milk Tropicano cocktail in a can. Using only the finest pig milk and apricot pig yogurt. All you have to do is set the can over a camping stove and get it to boiling point. 
careful not to let the red-hot aluminium touch your lips. So convenient and perfect for an on-the-go lifestyle. Pigs are amongst the most intelligent creatures in the animal kingdom, second only to dolphins. And believe us, those slippery suckers are a nightmare to milk. So why not follow the pig's lead and order some pig milk today? Please drink boiled pig milk Tropicana cocktail in a can responsibly. And then you're a couple. I believe, Kenny, you've moved into Yvonne's house. Uh, me and the kids and Sally, obviously. So in the house now, there's 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 two of you. There's Yvonne, there's Kenny, there's, there's your your children. Yeah, love all my children equally, of course. Cyclops isn't mine, but I still love it. You know, we won't treat it any differently. I don't bully him a lot. He gets bullied. I'm obviously one of the worst offenders for that. I'll hold my hands up. But it's for it's for his own good. In what way is it for for his own good that his stepfather victimizes him in such a way? Because if he gets too confident, I fear for the safety of my family. It's, it's a bit of a show off, and has some quite dark tendencies, and the eye starts glowing, and we don't know what happens past that point. So um, I think if we keep it self-esteem well it's just just a regular just a regular eye well Jeanette from Zumba said that she's actually seen the Cyclops shoot a laser out of its eye we don't want to be listening to her pregnant where's the dad I don't know but she's round a lot isn't she Kenny well she likes what we've done with the kitchen she's thinking of getting the same thing done what have you what have you done with the kitchen and it all taken out you describe it as four baths. But with a family that big to feed, you do have to cook beans in a bath. There's no there's no way around it. It's kind of like a trough-based eating system. Absolutely. Yeah. Just fill it with beans, heat them up. No. No? How do you eat up a bath? It's it's a logistical nightmare. It's cold beans. Cold beans every day for everyone. Just served in a bath. Yeah, served in the bath. I pour them in the bath. They come, they kneel down, they eat out the bath. One bath's for beans, one bath's for milk, one bath's for water, and one bath's a natural bath because we got rid of the bathroom because we needed more space for bedrooms. Right. If you've got 24 children in under one roof to feed, you're going to have to start making uh, choices. Some of you, what, from the big city, would describe it as a nightmarish existence. You'd probably describe it as a 24-hour, never-ending bean buffet. But you, you say that as if I would think that's a bad thing. I've seen it. I've seen how you dress wearing shoes and his trousers. It's in your whole way of life. And you're going to judge it. You're going to put this podcast out. You're going to make us look like, like something wrong with us. It's what they did to Michael Jackson, isn't it? It's exactly what they did to Michael Jackson. Hello, uh, my name is Father Simon Featherby. Uh, I'm the parish vicar of St Bartholomew's Neo-Presbyterian Church in Clackett in Somerset. When Father Simon read in the newspaper about Talbot roaming from farm to farm causing havoc across the north of England, he immediately knew what he believed to be the cause of it. The fact that Talbot hadn't been baptised. Lack of baptism can lead to all sorts of spiritual defects, uh, a life of crime, uh, general laziness, uh, lack of backbone. In some cases, uh, it will cause a child to grow to nine or ten feet and grow a pair of tusks. Father Simon had his own specially kitted out baptism van, a normal tradesman's van with a large vat of holy water in the back with a long hose attachment which he would use to forcibly and publicly baptise misbehaving children. When he heard about Talbot, he knew that it was time to get the van on the road. So I got my personal assistant, uh, Pat, a lovely old woman, does the flower arranging at church, and we just uh, drove up to Yorkshire together. And then eventually we we got to Yorkshire, and uh, I saw, framed against the the sunset, this this towering figure. I knew it must be be Talbot. I recognised the tusks. Um, He was... I can only say uh, hurling a rolled-up pig at all the cows in the field, knocking them down like a set of skittles. 
If the pig became too far for him to pick up again, he'd simply reach down, get another one, roll it up into a perfect sphere, never seen anything like it, and just, just hurl it towards the cows again. It was round about this point that things began to go a bit pear-shaped. I um, got out of the van, I went around the back to um, sort the hose, get it connected to all the, the holy water, and I told Pat to go and restrain him uh, as best she could. Now, uh, bless Pat, she's uh, got a sealy determination to her, but um, looking back, she, she was about half Talbot's height. So I suppose I, I shouldn't have been too surprised when about 20 or 30 seconds after I'd opened the back door, I heard this strange sort of shrieking gargle and uh, looked up and there was Talbot just ripping her in half. Um, it, it's hard to describe the exact sound that she made, um, so, um, so I suppose I'd better just imitate it. Um, and that went on for about 15 minutes I'm amazed he did it so precisely Uh, he he managed to just peel her into two exact halves right down the middle from uh, from head to toe Um, and then sort of slowly hollowed out what he'd found like two halves of a kiwi fruit as he just uh, threw her two halves of empty skin uh, to either side of me Um, I'm sad to say in the rush I was only able to collect one to bring back to the family Uh, it was an open casket funeral but um, it was alright as long as you looked at it from one side I tried as best I could to very quickly use the hose to um, baptise him, but to be honest with you, the water just bounced off him. Never seen anything like it before. He reached down to um, to impale me on one of his tusks. Uh, I, I was able to duck and then hid myself in uh, in the nearest half of Pat I could find until he eventually got bored and went back to his game of pig cow skittles fortunately I realised that while I'd been hiding he'd absolutely totaled my van the local mechanic said it was totally fucked I've seen plenty of strange and terrible things in my time on this earth once saw Cliff Richard live still think about that from time to time What happened with Talbot and Pat was probably the strangest and most terrible thing that I have seen, or hopefully ever will see. And I must say, uh, if any of your listeners are ever in the uh, Clackett area, do uh, drop by, uh, drop by the church, uh, a lovely congregation, uh, lovely flower arrangements, uh, less so now. It's a lovely place, lovely town. You know, there's a, a wonderful farm shop just outside, actually, that um, has a really wonderful tart pig milk. Only five pounds a gallon. So let's let's talk about Talbot. Kenny, can you explain to me when you first found out that, that you had a child called Talbot and that he was a um, medical mega baby? And um, Yvonne, did you have to tell him or had he heard the podcast? How did you find out, Kenny? I don't listen to podcasts myself. I don't understand them. I don't like them. Um, but obviously, word got around the community um, that apparently there was this giant child that could be mistaken for a 40 year old man. I mean, this was, you know, eight months ago. So he's now twice as big as that, um, that saying that he's mine. But. But I don't believe that he is mine because none of my children have ever grown above four feet tall. Science! Now, Vaughn, hearing this, I'm sure you've had this conversation privately. Has it been a struggle to convince Kenny that he is Talbot's father? It sounds like that's the case. It has been a struggle. Um, Talbot doesn't have 
the four foot that Kenny does is obviously a lot bigger. He doesn't have the dart skills because um, when when they were introduced briefly, Kenny did try to teach Talbot darts, but he, he didn't have a natural flair for it. Unfortunately, he just picked Kenny up and threw him. He did get a bullseye once, but that's when he threw Kenny and he actually hit a bullseye. Not my child using his hands. Talbot does have those strong cheeks, though, because as you explained last time, he was able to talk from birth because of those really strong developed cheeks. How do you how do you account for that, Kenny? There's some coincidences, sure, but up in East Yorkshire, these cheeks are everywhere, all over the moorland, down in the valleys. So you know, could be could be my child, but. Is almost certainly, definitely not. Is that, I can see, Yvonne, that's quite hard for you to hear. Well, it's very difficult to hear because, as I've told Kenny time and time again, he's the only man I was intimate with at that time. Kenny, you know you were the only thing that was up inside me. There was you and... There was you and now and again there was the handle of a cricket bat. So is this an ongoing argument between you, I mean, you're, you're very clear that Kenny is the father. Is Kenny doing anything to support Talbot? No. Uh, unfortunately for the family, for our section of the family, he views Talbot as less than the Cyclops, which is really hard because I hate that Cyclops. And to see my precious baby boy being cast away and this one-eyed monster walking around my four-bath kitchen, it's, it's hard for a mother. Obviously, as you'd expect. Do you not think, Kenny, that, you know, you should view Talbot as above the Cyclops in the pecking order? Don't get me wrong, both of them are a threat to my life. At the minute, both of them posing me and my family imminent danger. But I have to prioritise the Cyclops. Please, the Cyclops respectful. It's a Cyclops as it can damage his self-esteem and keep him small in that way. But the Cyclops isn't even... Your child, or so he's, you know, he's one of Sally Pottington's, yes. which you've claimed is not your child. It's not, but I do write by those in my life, so it's like more evidence that Talbot isn't, because I'm not willing to give him anything. So, so your evidence that he's not your child is that you're not willing to support him. Exactly. Now, tell me, Kenny, when you were first taken to see Talbot, uh, Yvonne drove you out to the countryside. What was that like when you first saw him? Can you can you just describe the scene for me? Originally, I thought it was a bit of a hill, but it turned out to be a giant baby man. So I put my foot on her foot and tried to run him over in the car, but um, that was foolish, really. That's kind of where we got off on the wrong foot. He picked the car up if he was in, uh, if he was in a canal. Um, so I kind of wish I'd have played that a bit differently, but the battle lines have been drawn and... Neither of us will rest until the other is dead. Are you actively trying to kill Talbot? I'm not not trying to kill Talbot, but you know I'm struggling in a minute because I, I threw a javelin at him and that bounced off. Right now I'm just trying to lure him into a tarpit, local tarpit, and I'm gonna wait till he gets stuck in a tower and fill it full of rocks. See where that gets us. Yvonne, how does it feel hearing Kenny talk about Talbot in this way? In uh, you know, he's just described how he would like to kill Talbot by luring him into a tar pit. How does that feel as his mother and and as Kenny's partner? Well, it obviously puts me in a very difficult position. It's very hard for me to hear this because I know in my heart that Kenny is Talbot's father. And Talbot is, of course, yes, he's different, he's unique, he's special, but he's an 18-month-year-old baby boy and he's my baby boy. And it's really upsetting to know that his own father doesn't see how special he is. Mm. When, I'll be honest, a lot of people in the community do realise he's special. They do see what a unique, powerful baby he is. It's fair to say that he is split opinion in the local area. Opinions and cows, split them in two, so half of them are frightened. And I understand I'm not going to bury my head in the sand. Talbot does that for me. I get that he can be quite a daunting presence in the community. Especially if he turns up on your farm, obviously animals are going to die, and I understand that can be quite a worry. 
But also, people do flock now to see if they can catch a glimpse of him. He's, he's become like the Loch Ness Monster or a Yeti. And there's T-shirts, there's merchandise. Um, that's my main source of income at the minute is, is Talbot merchandise. And you've, you've begun the Talbot Safari quest. Yes. Oh, I wondered if you'd bring that up. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's going really well. So we do two tours every day and we all get in the big Jeep. You're in a suit of armour just for your own personal safety. And we go around, we see if we can spot him. If we do, we try and chase him, but it depends what mood he's in. It's re- We have a really good laugh doing that, actually. I've put some jokes in, there's a few songs. And then at the end, there's a little, uh, it's not a gift shop, it's like, um, like a, a wallpaper pasting table, but it's got mugs on, it's got uh, Talbot masks on, and now he's grown horns and tusks. We sell novelty horns and tusks uh, that you can take home and it's it's a really good day out. Kenny, Yvonne has been able to create a successful business out of taking tourists to go and see Talbot. That's bringing in a lot of income to the household. You were able to move into a, a bigger house recently with more room for the 24 children. And I believe Sally Pottington has got her own sort of granny annex. Yes, yes, she does. I don't have the key for that, but Kenny does. Kenny, Kenny spends a lot of time there. Just make sure she's all right. Make sure the Cyclops didn't bother her too much. Just works for us. Kenny, can't you see then that despite your feelings towards Talbot, he has given the family a real gift? Obviously, I do have half an eye on the future because my darts game is still strong. But the other day I found myself thinking about using my hands because my arthritis in my jaw is getting so bad. So I do think about what I'm going to provide for these kids when I have to hang up my darts. But um, no, I really, really bloody hate that Talbot. He's a real... I'd describe him as an abomination. Is there any way that you feel that you could love Talbot? What What would have to happen for you to love that giant hideous baby? The only thing... Is if he maybe teamed up with me to, you know, finally kill this Cyclops. The current plan is I get Talbot to run at the Cyclops, absorbing the laser beam, while I sneak around the back and smash his head in with a bit of brick. And and were Talbot to help you do that, you could finally love your son? I, think, I don't know love's a strong word, but I'd definitely, you know, like let him sleep in shed and stuff. Yvonne... Does the fact that there's a that pathway does exist for Kenny to begin to love Talbot, does that give you any hope? It does give me hope. And I think um, with Talbot supplying an income, which we really need with such a big family, I think I think Kenny's going to be more and more on board when he sees the numbers of the tours increasing, especially because Talbot is the only one of Kenny's children that's making any money whatsoever, which I do resent because some of his children are older than me. And two of them are older than him. And then they're not in work? No. No, they just bend down and eat at the bean bath for free on Talbot. So really it's Talbot that's keeping the family together. So I think we're all hoping that Talbot does manage to team up with him and kill that Cyclops. That'll be a a real big worry off my mind. And then, well, then hopefully I can team up with Talbot and get rid of that Sally Pottington. Right. What's, what's your plan for Sally Pottington? Well, I'm just going to smash her head in with a brick. Do you need Talbot to help you with it? The Cyclops guards her day and night. With the Cyclops gone, I could finally have a pop at Sally Pottington. I'm Bethany Joseph, and I work for a company importing cheap candles, uh, mainly from the Far East. Bethany turned 30 years old last month. And to celebrate, her boyfriend wanted to make one of her dreams come true. She had always wanted to go on a safari. We got on the coach just outside Manchester and I, you know, think it's going to be the coach to the airport. Uh, We're arriving in Hull and I'm like, Hull doesn't have its own airport. So I turn to my boyfriend and I'm like, aren't we meant to be going on safari? And he looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, "This, this is the safari. I've brought you on safari to see a giant baby. We got off the coach and 
you know, I'm looking drop dead gorgeous, right? Got my little cargo hot pants on, zebra print shirt, right? Little camouflage vest over the top of that, right? I'm looking gorgeous, ready for the safari. Get off. The guy says to us, you've got to put on medieval suits of armor. So I'm putting on this suit of armor, right? Down below, massive leather codpiece. These are original medieval suits of armor from the 1500s. They're disgusting. No one's washed them since. People have been in and out of them for hundreds of years. Somebody definitely died in mine. We've been waiting for hours now in this Jeep for this baby to show up, right? It's getting dark. This almighty trembling starts happening. The trees start separating. I'm clinging to my boyfriend for dear life. Suddenly he starts leaking everywhere as his armor fills with piss. As this huge baby appears from out of the woods. This thing is tearing towards us. The guy turns around to me and goes, that baby is gonna want your tip. I'm like, absolutely not. Just when I'd resigned myself to death, I spot a little Cyclops child striding across the grass, firing lasers out of its eye. Baby starts crying. Baby doesn't like it. Baby ran off. I thank that Cyclops child, whatever it was, every day of my life for saving us. If you're listening, thank you, Cyclops. Thank you, Cyclops. Thank Anyway, when we got home, we had some lovely pig milk. Can I just say, with an outsider's eye, your household seems dysfunctional, is a word I'd use. Oh. Um, it's rude. But you two are happy in this? I, I want to be really honest with you, actually, Yvonne. I understand that, that Kenny has been someone you've been in love with almost your entire life. He's a local celebrity. He's a dance champion. And now you've finally got him, I think you ought to think about whether he, he's actually making you happy. Well, I mean, that's a big question, really, because I've got everything I've ever wanted. I've got Kenny Baritone. He's dreamy, he's handsome, he's... He's four foot. There's nothing that I dislike about him physically. It's just he comes with a hell of a lot of baggage. And I need to decide if I'm willing to take on his baggage, if he's not willing to take on mine, mine being Talbot. Kenny, how do you feel hearing that? My only crime is loving too much. My 21 kids, Yvonne, I love her. I know it's not... Perfect, it's not a fairy tale. Eat your beads at a trough. And I want better fear. But I'm an old man. You're only 35. Yeah, but you know that everyone in my family dies at 40. Well, except your dad, he's 80. Oh, yeah. And your mum's 79. It skips a generation. You've got five years left. Do you not think it would be better to reconcile with, with Talbot? In, in the knowledge that you won't be here in five years' time. It's just life gets complicated, doesn't it? I have found myself thinking more about maybe being with him, maybe being together, me riding him, going to the houses of my enemies, smashing them all up. But it's a fool's dream. I need to let it go. It's not a fool's dream. That could be a reality. Kenny, you could ride my baby, our baby, across the moors, under the moonlight.
So I think we've made some progress here today, haven't we, Yvonne uh, and Kenny? Am I right in saying that somehow your, your heart is thawing, Kenny, when it comes to Talbot, and you're willing to give it another try? If he agreed to my terms of the meeting, then, then I've, maybe I'd be open to having a conversation about reconciliation for my, for my Yvonne. My lovely Yvonne. A big thanks to Yvonne and Kenny Baritone for that interview. And sadly, since that interview was recorded, all Talbot Safari quests for the foreseeable future have been cancelled after a number of customer deaths. Not due to anything Talbot has done, it turns out that the medieval suits of armour contained traces of Black Death. If you have been on a Talbot Safari quest, the official advice is to make a posy of sweet-smelling flowers, herbs and barks and to waft it in front of your face as you walk through your local area, ringing a bell as you go. Just lean into it and enjoy yourself. So, that's all we've got time for this month. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to our website now, where you can read all the usual stuff, as well as our off-topic section, where this month, electronic music pioneer Vangelis tells us how eating acorns saved his marriage. So, until next time... Beef out. Thanks to Amy Gladhill, Chris Cantrell, Nicola Redman, Natasha Hodgson, Sean Morley, Tom Burgess and Jane Edwards. Also, Amy and Chris, who played the baritones in that episode, they are together a live comedy double act called The Delightful Sausage. And I absolutely love their live act, but they've also now this year got their own podcast and it's so good and you have to check it out. Um, It's called Tiredness Kills. It's described as a podcast dedicated to eradicating sleep and it is so good. It's one of my absolute favourites. So do check that out. Also, thanks to everyone who pledged their support for the podcast during Max Fund Drive last month. I cannot thank you enough. And until next time, goodbye. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.